We are Gold Ivy. Our mission is to empower you to own and unleash your truth. Stories of resiliency are gold and ivy grows in hard places. Those hard places are what creates space for light to shine through. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. The Boundary Boss did it again. Terry Cole created something that every person on the planet needs because it will help their relationships and peace of mind exponentially. It's the Boundary Boss Workbook, the right words and strategies to free yourself from burnout, exhaustion, and overgiving. Boundaries are necessary and a beautiful part of relationships if you have the tools and support to create and express them. I don't know about you, but setting boundaries, even though I know they're necessary, can be anxiety provoking because I know I could potentially make someone uncomfortable. In the Boundary Boss Workbook, you'll have Terry holding your hand in the process of understanding different types of boundaries and integrating them into your life to help you have stronger relationships and be able to show up authentically and at peace. I'm using it to set more effective boundaries and it's helping me protect my energy and set boundaries without guilt no matter who I'm around. Terry provides mindfulness practices, customizable scripts, mindset shifts, even fun games to help you understand yourself and effectively communicate your boundaries. I'm using the workbook to create awareness of my rigid boundaries, and I'm using Terry's self-care tools to help me feel more at ease. The workbook is full of exercises that help me understand how I'm trying to protect myself and gives me more loving ways to communicate my needs. You don't have to set boundaries alone. Help yourself out with effectively understanding and communicating your boundaries and lean on the best tool out there. Snag your copy of the Boundary Boss Workbook by clicking the link in the show notes or head to BoundaryBossWorkbook.com today. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Every episode of Ivy Unleash is dedicated to empowering you to take ownership of your health. And what it really comes down to is prioritizing your mental health. We've both seen the beauty and growth that therapy can bring and are thrilled to partner with BetterHelp to allow you the opportunity to feel heard and seen by a professional. The National Alliance on Mental Health reports that 155 million people live in a designated mental health professional shortage area, and BetterHelp is working to close that gap. I've personally used BetterHelp and loved it because it was all online, making it super convenient. The biggest piece for me was how affordable it is. I was able to choose the therapist that met my needs. I came in with wanting to work on childhood trauma and anxiety, and it was unbelievable to see how many options I had with all the different backgrounds of therapists. With BetterHelp, you have access to a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness. And sometimes we can't see our own patterns and behaviors until we talk them out and get an unbiased perspective. It's really nice to have someone who doesn't know you and has the professional background to help you thrive in your daily life. It has made the world of a difference with every relationship in my life, including the one with myself. To get started, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire about your needs and preferences and choose your therapist out of the options they give you. You can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. Also, you can switch therapists at no additional charge until you find the right fit for you. The best investment you can make is in yourself. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash goldivy. That's betterhelp.com slash goldivy. Take the first step to inner peace and freedom today. And now to this episode of the Ivy Unleashed podcast. 
Welcome back to Ivy Unleash. We are so happy to be sitting in these new chairs. Everyone, tune into YouTube right now. You can see our guest's beautiful face and our brand new chairs. Yes, today we have Alyssa Boyer here. Welcome to Ivy Unleashed. Yay, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I need you, Alyssa, because (laughs) I feel I'm a highly sensitive person that has like a very like tough front. But I, I would consider myself a very sensitive soul. And what we love about you is that you make a perspective shift for people that this is a gift. You help people in business to channel this. You have a podcast and just a beautiful social presence where you make people feel seen and help them build confidence and all kinds of beautiful things when it comes to sensitivity. So first of all, thank you for being here. And we would love to hear how you got into this work and just tell us a bit about your story. Yeah. So it was like not part of the plan for me to get into this work whatsoever. So basically, just to take it back a bit, I learned I was a highly sensitive person. I think it was probably about eight years ago. I was working in my first corporate job out of college. As we chatted about before we we started recording, I'm born and raised in Minnesota, but I got this really cool internship opportunity in Southern California. I had a degree in retail merchandising and management. I'm like, okay, I'm single. I'm going to go live my life. So I had this cool opportunity in SoCal. I moved out here. I didn't know anybody. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to build my life here. So I was working in this corporate job. And at first it was like the dream. It was like so cool. I thought I just had hit the jackpot. But over time, it started to become really like a really toxic environment. It was super stressful. And I'm somebody I'm very driven. I want to do a good job. I also wanted them to hire me full time. So I was working super hard long, crazy hours. And I started to develop really bad digestive issues to the point where even drinking water would make my stomach bloat and I got really sick. So I was going through these chronic digestive issues. I was trying to make my way in a brand new state where I didn't know anybody. And I started seeing all these different gastroenterologists, all these different stomach doctors to try to help me. And no one was really helping me. I eventually decided to go see a holistic doctor, which was just totally out of the realm possibility for me. It wasn't a normal thing. I I just wasn't into holistic things, but I was really desperate. So I started seeing this doctor and he was explaining to me that I was holding on to a ton of emotional stress and I had so much anxiety all the time that it was literally impacting my digestive system. So I was making myself sick because I was just like working super hard holding on to all of this past trauma and I wasn't like managing my stress in a healthy way. So in working with him, I started healing these things. And of course, I had to change my diet and things like that. But there was so much of it that was an emotional, mental piece. And this was then the time I started getting into meditation. I started uh, getting into like self-help. I started reading self-help books. And my mom had, I don't know how she stumbled upon this book, but it was a book called The Highly Sensitive Person written by Dr. Elaine Erin, who's the psych, I think she's a psychotherapist who like discovered the terminology. Anyway, my mom handed me this book and she said, I think this describes you. So I read the book and I had never felt so seen in my life. It was like, oh my gosh, like just for the first time, it's like the missing puzzle piece. And so I made that discovery and then 
probably about a year later, I'd, he- I'd healed my gut and I just had this urge to start writing and blogging. Always been a writer. I've always enjoyed being creative, but I shut that part off for a long time because I was like, what am I going to do with that? That's not productive. Like, how can I make a career out of that? So I just stopped. But I just followed this urge to blog. So I started a blog in January of 2019. I was talking about like spirituality and mental health. And I would talk about being highly sensitive here and there. And it was interesting because anytime I talked about being highly sensitive, people really resonated with that. I had a hundred followers at the time, but like my small community like really landed with them. And over time, I just started to see a path where I was like, oh, this is the thing I meant to talk about and share about. And it really just happened organically. So like September of 2020, I started a a membership community for HSPs, highly sensitive people. And it really has blossomed from there. I quit my job in August of 2022. Like I had a, I had my daughter in May of 2022 and I quit my job and now I do this full time. So it's been really amazing, but it was just like, it wasn't a part of the plan. I just feel like I was very like divinely led to all of this and it's so fulfilling. Like I'm so grateful I get to do it now. It's your the message in the mess, right? As a fellow gut health sister over here mm-hmm. who also highly mm-hmm. sensitive and yeah. my stress and anxiety play such a role in my gut. And I now know that because of the holistic doctors that I've seen. So I love that you're talking about this. And it's something that every woman can relate to. Whether you have borderline anxiety or diagnosed with it, you, we all have stress and we all feel the impact on our gut and on everything around us. And I love what you said about it being a holistic thing that you took into account meditation and you really started nourishing your soul, which then led to you helping other women. And you talk a lot about self-abandonment. And I think this beautifully ties into how you stopped abandoning yourself. So will you tie or will you explain what kind of those two have to do together? Yeah, they're definitely directly tied together. So when I talk about self-abandonment, this is something I see in myself and so many of other highly sensitive people out there. So it's like people-pleasing, putting other people's needs, feelings, everything above ourselves. Mm, Dre, your house smells like a spa. Well, thank you. What is that smell? It's my Rosemary Mint All-Purpose Surface Cleaning Spray from The Clean Nest. I met these two female entrepreneurs that are actually sisters from Minnesota. After 10 years of owning and managing a successful all-natural cleaning business, they decided to create their own all-purpose cleaning spray, and I am so happy I found it. Katie and Angela are passionate about creating clean, beautiful spaces for all families and keeping their home and earth environment clean for future generations. So it's non-toxic because these products we use in our homes and breathe in directly affect our health. Our hormones and gut health are affected by toxic overload. Yes, it's non-toxic, which is so important in the home with little ones as well. Their products are created using truly clean and safe ingredients. No greenwashing. They use only pure essential oils, which are known for their disinfecting properties. I use it on mirrors, windows, countertops, even granite, sinks, stovetops, the microwave, dusting, spills, and messes throughout my house, interior of my car, toilets, you name it. They also have lemon mandarin and fresh basil scents. My condo needs to smell like this, so how do I get my hands on the clean nest? Well, they ship anywhere in the U.S., and lucky for you, they're offering Ivy Unleashed listeners 10% off any order with the promo code GOLDIVY. They also always offer free shipping on any order over $100. So head on over to thecleannest.com for your all-purpose cleaning spray and make cleaning more enjoyable. 
Dre, tell the people as fast as you can why Move With Gold Ivy is the last mind-body fitness program they'll ever have to buy and how women are finally getting the transformation they're looking for. I love a challenge. Let's go. Two big things. One, Move provides a fun atmosphere to work out in that actually gets you excited to show up and follow through with your goals. Not only is there an element of fun, but we've carefully curated a program that makes it as easy as possible for women to take care of themselves. And two, a MOVE membership addresses every aspect of your health, mind and body. Our MOVE members are getting the physical transformation they've been hoping for and feeling like they've finally found the group that motivates them on a daily basis. What did I miss? As a MOVE member, you receive a weekly workout plan, weekly live or Zoom workouts, an on-demand workout library, transformational quarterly reset challenges, monthly coaching calls, monthly masterminds with health experts, and a private group of motivated members for support and accountability. It's ready for you when you're ready to boost your metabolism, confidence, and feel your absolute best. Join MOVE or learn more by clicking the link in the show notes, clicking the link in our bio on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, or by messaging us on any social channel at Gold Ivy Health Co. It's your time. Move for your health, move for your confidence, move for your mental clarity, move with Gold Ivy. And for the longest time, I would like proudly self-identify as a people pleaser. I was like, oh, I'm just a nice person. I just like care about people. And I like just saw it from that lens. And I remember this therapist telling me one time, he was like, that actually people pleasing can be a selfish thing. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he explained that we're often doing these things. We're abandoning ourselves and putting other people first and not having an opinion because we're actually trying to protect ourselves and we're trying to avoid the discomfort of somebody disagreeing with us or not liking what we say. And so we're actually suppressing our voice a lot of the times because we don't want to deal with the discomfort or the aftermath of what could come from having an opinion. And so I started really like when I I, I noticed that in myself first, and then I started working with highly sensitive people and I just saw how this is such a pattern. And I think it's such a layered, deep thing for HSPs, but I think a lot of it is like for us as sensitive people, like we often felt misunderstood in our lives. We please make up about 20% of the population. So a lot of people around us are not highly sensitive. Might have had parents or caregivers who weren't highly sensitive. So you might have heard, oh, stop making it a big deal. Stop being so dramatic. Like, why are, why are you being so emotional? So we would hear these things. And as children, we're like, oh, I'm bad. Like, I, I am too much. My needs are too much. And so we take it to an extreme, a lot of us, where we just push it down and don't and end up like not pretending we don't have any needs as sensitive adults. But that's one of the worst things that we can do for ourselves, because when you're suppressing your needs, when you're not taking adequate care of yourself, you're going to end up, you often can end up the way that I did with chronic digestive issues or other chronic health issues. Not all the time. I'm not like a doctor or anything like that, but I have worked with so many sensitive people and I can tell you, honestly, I would say 80% of them at least have had some sort of health issue that I would imagine is somewhat tied to the way that we suppress our feelings, the way that we're not taking proper care of ourselves. Because a lot of times the people, the HSP people I'll talk to, they're like, I feel guilty saying what I need. I take, I feel guilty resting and things like that. And so there's a, so much of an identity shift that we need to make as well because a lot of times we correlate 
our identity as I give, I'm a good person, I'm a caretaker. And we don't realize that we're actually a lot of times doing that because we're scared to say no. We're scared of what it would mean for us if we actually had a boundary. So it's a really, it's really prevalent and it's a really like sticky thing to start to untangle. I feel like in our culture of America's getting soft, like we need to toughen up that when you have these needs that you feel like you might be more of a burden or you might be more high maintenance, or like, why isn't this bothering anybody else? Am I really going to be the one to speak up? To me, and I've read a lot of your posts around building self-trust and confidence, and that feels like a big beast of starting to build this. And so how do you, with your clients, get them to recognize, one, I might have some issues with my confidence or self-trust and then start to build that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I love this. It's like my bread and butter and it's what I feel so deeply about. So first, I just want to say like why it's so important to me to help highly sensitive people feel more confident. It's because we live in this world, like you said, where people are like, oh, the world is getting soft, toughen up. And I firmly believe that we need more sensitive people to feel confident and to like show others that being sensitive is actually not a bad thing if we ever want to make a shift culturally in our society. I feel like it's like a big ask, but it's something that I just feel strongly about. I think about kids and like my own child. I don't think she's highly sensitive, but I just want there to be examples of people who are sensitive, who are like doing cool things, who are, you know, speaking up and bringing more empathy to the world. So that's like my driving factor. And I really want to help. The way that I help people identify it within themselves is really getting to the root. Hey, You think that you're just being a kind person by saying yes all the time. But next time you say yes, like, why don't you try checking in with your body? What does that feel like in your body? When you said yes to that request, did you feel constriction? Did it feel like you're tight and like resentful right away? Or did it feel expansive and like you can breathe easier? Sometimes I like to bring in the somatic experience for people because it can be so automatic. Our response is, oh, I've always done things this way. Oh, I've this is just what I do. But when we check in with how we actually feel, we can start to make a connection. Oh, actually, this doesn't feel good for me. This actually isn't. I'm not actually giving from a place of abundance and desire. I'm giving because I feel like I have to. The other thing I like to help people make the connection with is our identity and what we are making it mean about us in terms of like how much we give and do for others. Because a lot of times, highly sensitive people were, as children, we were like the caretakers, the helpers. A lot of HSPs, this wasn't me, but this is a lot of people, were like the quiet child. And so they were praised for being easy and not not being a pain or like just being overly helpful. That's a lot of HSPs. And so that becomes part of our identity. And so it's, oh, I can't show any other side of me because if I show another side of me, if I have share my needs or I say no to something, then the thing that that it's all going to crumble because what keeps me safe is overgiving, is being a caretaker, is being helpful all of the time. You know what I mean? So it becomes very tangled up. I'll always remember I got this message from a woman on Instagram and she said to me, I set a boundary for the first time and she's, I just feel so sick over it. She's, who am I if I'm not a nice person? And I was like, oh my gosh, she's literally like correlating setting a boundary with being not a nice person. And that just shows me how deep it is. And I felt that. And so I like to help people make that connection and then reframe the way they see it and rewrite it. It's like, you can be a kind, helpful, loving person 
and have boundaries and say no and take care of yourself. And actually, you can be kinder and more helpful when you actually have boundaries and take care of yourself because you're not like depleted and doing it from a resentful, burnt out energy. It's a whole thing. There's Mm -hmm. so much to it. But yeah, it's a big reframe and one that I've had to make of I am no good if I'm burnt out and sick. My, when my energy is zero, I have nothing to give. And that does the people around me such a disservice. And so it, it does come back to what is your mindset around it and the guilt tied with setting a boundary. It's got to be a different story that you're telling yourself. And I think it's one that you model so beautifully. I also think what you model beautifully is how do we handle that criticism that we get? So we set the boundary and I feel like I'm becoming better at that. But the criticism, taking that criticism is one that I am now working on. So what do you recommend for people who struggle with taking criticism? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the hardest part because it's, oh, I did it. But mm-hmm. then we can't control the other person's reaction to it. So it's, ah. so my my response and support with that is, one, teaching highly sensitive people how to expand their tolerance for discomfort. Because when you think about it, somebody criticizing you or somebody being like, really, you can't stay past nine o'clock or whatever their response is to your boundary. That feeling is like the discomfort in us, right? It's, oh my gosh, they're going to be mad at me. Oh my gosh, they don't get me. Oh my gosh, they think this about me. So I love to help sensitive people learn how to have that discomfort in their body and breathe through it and support themselves through it and basically show themselves like, hey, even though this doesn't feel good, like, I'm not going to die. Like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to survive it. Like, I will be fine. And when we have that ability, we can do so much more because life is promised to be uncomfortable sometimes. If you want to do anything cool and big in your life, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. And so I'm like, okay, guys, we got to work with that. And that's always where I begin. So I'm a huge advocate for teaching nervous system regulation techniques. So I always recommend meditating daily or at least having some sort of quiet, reflective practice. I'm a huge fan of EFT tapping just like having grounding exercises, things like that. Any way that you can, when you feel those alarm bells that go off and your body's in danger, this doesn't feel good. Having ways to calm yourself is key. And then from there, the other piece of the puzzle in terms of like how to respond is this inner work piece of accepting yourself. Because a lot of times when we have somebody criticize us or disagree with us, we often can go into defensiveness and being like, just like feeling, oh my gosh, and going straight into defensive mode. But when you feel really good about yourself and when you're like, I'm setting this boundary because I literally need to take care of myself. It's just like a very neutral, grounded energy. And so you're able to respond with more of a grounded presence, if that makes sense. So you're not like meeting them with a fighting energy back or a defensiveness. It's this is what works for me. I'm sorry if it upsets you. It's mm-hmm. just very much like matter of fact. And I think a lot of that comes from like, having confidence within and just knowing this is what I need. Take it or leave it. It's not like a mean thing. It's literally, I got to take care of myself. Yeah. I keep thinking too about boundaries and just like the balance of this all because you're a highly sensitive person. I think of, okay, I probably have a lot more needs than other people, whether it's like might be too loud in there or it's getting too late or I have just a sensitive soul. How do I balance the asking for what I need versus, okay, I don't need to have too many like rigid boundaries too. I want to also be able to meet new people and be like in new environments. And so how do you help people balance that? Okay, sometimes you're going to be uncomfortable. The nervous system is going to go a little off, but try and weave yourself into new situations too. Because you could easily just hibernate at your house and be like, you know what? 
screw it. I'm just going to be high needs anywhere I go. I might as well hang out at home. So how do you help people balance that, whether or not to set a boundary or help push yourself into these uncomfortable situations? Well, I love this question. I actually just recorded a podcast about it because it is such a balance. And I am definitely of the mindset of, I personally want to live a a full life. I don't want to stay home. I don't want to like hide out and oh no, I'm too sensitive. That is just not my mission, my brand, none of it. So there are people out there who will like be like, you're an introvert, you're sensitive, stay home. I'm not going to say that. What I am going to say is cultivate self-trust. And so with knowing yourself, you can make that, have that discernment for yourself, right? Because sometimes there are times where you're like, let's say you got invited to a party and it starts at nine o'clock and you're like, oh God, I don't want to go to that. But check in with yourself and with your values. Do you value being around these new friends? Do you want to have this connection with your partner and going to the party together? You know what I mean? Check in with how you're feeling. Maybe you're feeling a little bit nervous about going, but maybe you're also feeling like, oh, okay, this is exciting. There are times where it's worth it to put ourselves into situations that might make us nervous because it can expand us. Um, And something that the author of the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, Dr. Elaine Aaron says is, that highly sensitive people need to have a healthy level of stress in their lives. So it's like actually not good for us at all to just stay away and hide out because then we're not going to have that tolerance for stress and we're going to crumble at the slightest thing. So we don't want that. So it's important to be able to put ourselves into situations, but also know that when we're at our limit and we literally don't have it in us, because sometimes you're invited to that party and you're like, I have a headache. I'm tired. This week has been extremely challenging. I just want to read a book and that's okay. The other thing is my whole, something that I love to teach people is we have to take ownership over our experience. We can't control what's happening around us. We can't control the volume in the room or if there's fluorescent lights. Sometimes these things are going to be there. And so it's also up to us to have the tools and, and strategies to support ourselves through that. One thing is I love to encourage people to meditate and set an intention before you go to a party. If you're nervous about all the people there, choose the energy that you are going to bring. Set that intention. Know that you're not going to be there forever. And so if it's a little uncomfortable, okay, you're going to go home in a few hours. It will be okay. Another thing that I like and a lot of other HSPs like are like noise reducing earplugs. So loop earplugs are great. There's something that if you're going somewhere and you're like, oh, I know it's going to be super loud and that's like overstimulating to me, just pop those in and you can turn the volume down. Or like a thing, like when I travel, like I'm super sensitive about my sleep and I don't know what the hotel room is going to be like. So it's like I always bring my eye mask. I have a small weighted blanket and I have white white noise on my cell phone. So I think about the things that I can control and what I can do to take ownership of my experience so that I'm not relying on other people to meet my needs all the time because it's just not always going to happen. So it's like a balance of knowing yourself and trusting that you can make the right decision and know how to care for your specific needs. I love that. What can I control that meets my own needs? Not relying on anyone else, but being able to feel safe in my body wherever I am. So that and then you also said knowing yourself. That's a theme I keep hearing. And you have two beautiful courses that help people learn even more about themselves. The first one is about archetypes and empath archetypes. Let's dive into that. What is that? And how is that a superpower for us? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so my empath archetype quiz is that's so important. I So I created that just for fun because I felt like 
all the narrative, not all of it, a lot of the narrative out there about being sensitive is like, here's how to not be overwhelmed. Here's how to not be overstimulated. Here, it's hard to be highly sensitive. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this just like, doesn't feel good. Like, I really am like, let's make sen- being sensitive like a cool thing. So I created this quiz because I noticed there's a lot of strengths of being highly sensitive, but I really was like noticing like a core, like four strengths. And so I turned these into archetypes and I created this quiz that people can take. It's just like a fun quiz for people to learn more about themselves. So it's called the Empath Archetype Quiz. The first one is the intuitive queen because highly sensitive people tend to be quite intuitive. We often are very spiritually inclined. Sometimes this is offline for a while if we're like so anxious and in our heads. But when you start healing and starting start to trust yourself, you can really tap into your intuition, which is really powerful and cool. The next archetype is the empathic leader, because highly sensitive people tend to be very emotionally intelligent. We can connect well with people. We can, if you were like a manager and you led a team, you probably would be good at knowing how to speak to the different people on your team because you would know, oh, this person is more shy, so they need this approach. This person is more outgoing, so they need this approach. That's really what I see, like the emotional intelligence. Then there's the caretaker soul. So this just speaks to the the level of empathy that highly sensitive people have. We're super empathetic. We actually have, they've done brain scans. We have more active mirror neurons in our brain, which are responsible for empathy. So we're literally more able to understand how people are feeling. So that's the caretaker soul. That's a beautiful way to be. And then the final empath archetype is the creative maven. And I just see that a lot of highly sensitive people are so creative and we have that ability to have experiences in our life and then create art from them and share and support and uplift others with our creations. So that's the final archetype. And everyone's always, oh, can I be all four? Yes, everyone has all of them in them. But it's fun to see what your top strength is so you can start to view your sensitivity in a different way. That was my intention. I'm like, I just want you to start seeing, oh, like here are the strengths I have. This is actually really cool. This is why we were so drawn to you and we were talking about you and that you've created this into a superpower. Like you don't have to feel bad about this no matter where you fall. It is a value. It's a strength. And Brooke and I both just played with 75 hard and Something that keeps coming to mind for me is that we both are like, oh, there's a gap here. There's there's some things that are missing in these challenges. And something that I think Brooke and I bring to our business is that we think a lot about what we say and how it might impact someone, how we present something, how it might impact someone, because we're both empaths. Like we both care so deeply about how people feel. And we both have sensitive sensitivities of different ways to look at things. And so Something I know that you do is you help a lot of people that are entrepreneurs with their businesses and how this sensitivity can really translate into your business. You can touch more people's lives. You can make them feel seen and heard through your business when you're more sensitive because you're thinking about how somebody might perceive it. And so I'm so curious how that's translated. Clearly, you coach this, but with people with different types of businesses, how they've channeled their sensitivities to build their business. Yeah, it's been so fun and rewarding to support people with this because I just feel like there's so many highly sensitive people who have such an important message to share, but they're, they either were burned in the past by other business programs that were very like harsh and this is how you have to do it. And they were like, wait, what? This isn't working for me. 
So it's been so fun to just help people get the message out. And yeah, something that I've seen with the various clients I've worked with over the past, I think it's been almost two years of helping people with this now, is really leaning into like conversations they have with their clients and using that as inspiration for creating content that really deeply connects with people. As highly sensitive people, we're picking up on subtleties, we're really tend to be really good at listening and actually hearing and empathizing with somebody else's situation. So a lot of times this makes us just so much more perceptive. Like the feedback I often hear from people is, oh my God, I feel like you're in my head. And so this is something I like to help my clients with as well to cultivate in their businesses. Okay, how can I take this conversation I had with this person and first obviously help them and help them feel seen and heard and and everything like that, but also then use that to also create content that really speaks to people on a deep soul level. The other thing that I love helping people with that I've seen really great results with is just giving them permission to trust themselves that they can do things their way. That's been the hugest thing because there's so much out there that, oh, this is how you have to do it. You have to post like this many times and you have to like follow up like this. Like I had one client come to me and she was like so burnt out because every time she was like launching a program, she was personally DMing all of these people to invite them and and it felt very forceful and pushy. And I'm like, okay, let's like, I'm into like human design and like all of this stuff. So I'm like, let's look at your human design. Let's think about like your sensitivity. Like what if you could have your dream business, like how would you actually run that? How would you actually like attract people into in to work with you versus you going out and trying to like bring them in forcefully. It doesn't feel good. So even just giving people permission to like dream and see, oh, wait, I could actually do things my own way. I believe that the way that we feel like the way that we desire to do things is usually the way that we're meant to do them. We just don't give ourselves permission to. So sometimes my feedback, let's cut out the noise of all the shoulds and just tune into yourself. So a lot of it ends up being like tapping into their intuition and and like connecting with what feels good for them. The other thing I have to say that's really important is a lot of HSPs have this fear of being seen or a fear of saying the wrong thing and like upsetting people. And so there is usually a lot of self-worth work that we have to do because if you want to like have a presence and if you want to be known for something, you have to have a stance and an opinion. And that means that some people aren't going to agree with you but that's how you're going to attract the right people to you. So that's another thing we often work on. Okay, how can we feel, show ourselves that we're safe even if somebody disagrees with us or we get a rude comment on our reel? So there's a lot to it for sure. Yeah, and that's the other quiz I'm thinking, the shadow work. I think that's something that in our self-help journey, Andrew and myself, it's something we've heard, but we haven't really tapped into. So seeing it as a quiz of yours was really exciting. So let's tell the people, what does that mean? What is that? (laughs) Yeah. The, okay. So yeah. So the shadow archetype quiz was another quiz I just created over the summer because I was seeing that there's a lot of like parts of us that we, that are actually holding us back that if we could have awareness of them, we can alchemize them and shift it and use it to our advantage. So there are four shadow archetypes. There, there's the um, first inner critic, which is just Obviously, a lot of us, yeah, that's <laughs> mine too. Yep, yep. Where we have that really harsh self-talk and we're just like, oh my gosh, how did you? Whatever. It's, that one is prevalent and it holds us back. The next one is the chronic second guesser because tons of highly sensitive people are second guessing themselves a lot. And this can look like literally like asking everyone for an opinion, like even over the smallest things. 
And a lot of people will think, oh, this is this. What's wrong with that? That's just normal. But it's like a lack of self-trust. If you literally can't make any decision without asking a bunch of people, we need to talk about that. The other one is the people pleaser. Now I'm forgetting the exact name of it, but where it's just or where the overgiver, chronic overgiver. Sorry, I'm like forgetting the names of my own quiz, but it's like <laughs> where we're just like overgiving and constantly meeting everyone else's needs at the expense of our own needs. And then the final one is the over, oh, maybe it's the over responsible. I should have looked at these before, <laughs> to be honest. I'm like, I forgot um, the over responsible one. And so a lot of highly sensitive people are super over responsible. So what that means is we feel like we have to control other people's feelings, reactions to us, be responsible for all of their needs. Again, it's that I'm a good student. I'm a good person thing, but this can really hold us back because we are putting their needs before us and we're burning ourselves out because we're managing everyone else and forgetting ourselves. So again, it's just like having this awareness about ourselves, looking at our blind spots and then being like, okay, I'm not a bad person or I'm not destined to feel terrible just because I struggle with this. Now that I can identify it, I'm going to work through it and not let it hold back anymore. Yeah. I keep thinking too about how you remove the guilt and the shame of it. We all struggle with these things. One's just more prominent than the other. We don't have to feel bad about it. It's just the awareness so that, like you said, you don't stay stuck in it. And that's the biggest thing is like the reason why we want to be aware of it is so that we aren't like torturing ourselves. Brooke and I are both the harsh inner critic and we know it's something we got to work on. So that's why we're always playing with all of these different techniques our coach gives us of self-love and taking care of ourselves and slowing down. But it's just we have these thoughts over and over. I catch myself like last night. I kept thinking about this one thing I didn't get done that I wanted to get done last week. And I just want to normalize that we do these things. We overgive. We're responsible for things. And it, a lot of it goes back to our childhood and focusing on that inner child, the needs that weren't met there and just how that like shows up today. And you don't have to feel bad about it. We all had a certain type of childhood and we're just like, trying to figure out how to be an adult. And so I know you've talked a lot about just going back to that child, like what needs weren't met and how that kind of shows up. Would you say the shadow work, like your archetype has a lot to do with your childhood and kind of going back to that space to see what needs weren't met? Oh, very much. Yeah. It's so related because I think about the harsh inner critic, for instance, it's a lot of times that voice isn't even our own. It's stuff that we heard growing up and it becomes ingrained in our minds that that's our automatic response. And so it's like making those connections. Okay, where did I first hear this? What, like, where did it originate that I thought I needed to be perfect in order to be loved and accepted? And maybe that looked like you felt like you only got attention from your parents or only got praise from your parents when you had a perfect report card. So in your mind as a kid, you can often make this very black and white connection. Oh, I am only good if I'm only worthy of love if I get all A's, if I don't cause a fuss, whatever. So we make these very absolute beliefs in our mind. And then as adults, we just continue to replay it. So then it's, oh, you made a mistake at work. Oh my gosh, I'm such a piece of crap. But it's like that automatic response. And the where you're when you step in to show yourself love and really reparent the inner child, that can look like, hey, you made a mistake it's okay. You're still worthy of love. I've got you. It's no big deal. Everyone makes mistakes. I really just want to, yeah, it's like about alchemizing the shame and kind of letting that go. And so I like to be very open about my own imperfections. But you're going to have times where you went to that party and you felt 
awkward and you said something that you're like, why did I say that? Mm -hmm. And it's okay. You can either sit there and be like, oh my God, I'm such a loser. Or you can laugh at yourself and be like, sometimes I say awkward thing. I love and accept myself anyway. So it's not that, but it's never about being like being perfect. It's just, hey, I accept and love myself. There's a quote I love from Susie Moore and she says, confidence is a willingness to be uncomfortable. And so I think of that all the time. It's if you put yourself out there, you try that that's great. That's what it's all about. And so I see that's really when you're like embracing these shadow parts of yourself and looking at these areas to improve. It's not to like shame yourself. It's rather to just have awareness and see it as an opportunity to love yourself and give yourself what you didn't get as a kid. Okay, now I've got you. I'm the adult now. I've got you. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And we make up those stories, right? It's like, you can blame your parents or blame what the needs that weren't met. But when it comes down to it is you made up a story in your mind by what you are observing and perceiving at the time. And so when you get to the adulthood and you're like, oh, this isn't serving me anymore to think I have to be perfect or overgive or whatever, you don't have to blame your parents for that. You just realize I made up a story to survive at the time. And now I'm a grown up and I have a choice. And like me sitting here and stewing over what I said or didn't do or did the wrong way, or didn't know, let's get back to that like nervous system regulation to be able to let it go. I feel like it's so much of the breath work mm -hmm. of, man, I said something stupid. Am I really going to sit here now in this moment and run this moment too? Like that moment, that was dumb. Okay. How mm -hmm. am I going to get through that? Go for a run, go outside, take a breath. What do I have to do to let this one go? Yeah. I feel like we've felt the freedom that comes with doing this work. And for people who are just starting to do this work, like for anyone listening, I just want to give you credit. This is not easy. This isn't necessarily fun, right, to revisit our younger child and go back to all this pain, but it's so worth it. And I think sometimes when you're just getting started, it does feel like a lot of work. It doesn't feel worth it because you're, you're stirring up a bunch of crap. <laughs> so, Alyssa, I'm curious with your clients and what you've seen, like, how does this really transform people? What, it, what are the benefits of doing this deep work and revisiting and bringing these shadows to life? Oh my gosh. There's, it's so cool. There's so much freedom and space that comes from it. So I'll give some specific mm -hmm. examples because I just was listening to some messages from clients this morning. I have one woman I've been working with one-on-one -on -one and at work, she would take things personally all the time. If a coworker kind of had a, a weird vibe or they huffed or whatever. Less sensitive people, we can see that and be like, oh my God, oh my God, what do I need to do to fix? And so that used to be the case for her and it would torment her. She'd spend the day being like, oh my God, what did I say wrong? Blah, blah, blah. She sent me a message this morning actually. And she was literally like, okay, I had this situation with a coworker and I just let her have her experience and I didn't alter my response, even though she was doing this. She's, I witnessed her being upset. I witnessed her giving me attitude. And I just stayed grounded in myself and I didn't make it personal and I didn't change what I was, my response. And she felt so proud of herself. And it's like this empowerment piece. We often just feel like we're at the mercy of everyone else. Their reactions are going to impact our day and all this stuff. And it's like when you start to know, oh, I'm not responsible for everyone else, and you start to not take everything personally. You don't realize like how much space that frees up in your mind and can focus on other things in your day. You can feel better about yourself. Another example is this woman I've been working with. She would get anxious before going to parties and she was going to this event. It was like a Thanksgiving event, I believe, with her work, something like that. And she, her, 
the people she was close with weren't going to be there. Basically, she was walking into this room where she didn't know anyone. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous, but I'm just going to go. Because you say confidence is about being uncomfortable. So she did it. And she was like, she popped in later and shared with me. She's there's an awkward moment where I didn't know what to, how to shake the girl's hand. And it was weird. She's like, but I feel, I feel this adrenaline almost. She's like, this is what it feels like to be like proud of yourself and feel empowered. I'm like, yes. So it's about it's these like small moments that might not seem like a big deal to other people. But like when you're sensitive and when you have spent so much time in your head, second guessing yourself, taking everything personally, being able to just have these moments can feel like a huge win. The other thing that I'll share too, it was just one, because this is an example I always share with people. And then I had somebody actually do it. When you're like such a people pleaser and you're afraid of speaking up for yourself, let's say you go get your nails done and they put the water is too hot or too cold. I used to just not say anything because I didn't want to be a bother. But I started saying something because I'm like, why would I sit here and be uncomfortable? It's not a big deal. And that was like a, a small moment where I I had my own back. I advocated for myself. So I always use that as an example for people. And I remember having a woman tell me like all proudly, I did that. I told her mm -hmm. and, and it was fine. And she was happy to accommodate me. So honestly, these small moments and you'd be amazed like how you feel so confident and so proud of yourself. And that adds up like over time, it just adds up and it, you just feel so much better. Yeah. I'm hearing like baby steps. I was just thinking of my neighbors, a couple of us ladies, we went out to dinner and some one of the four of us didn't like their drink, but they like knew that they didn't they would not say anything. And I was we were like two of us were like, you don't even like it. You're going to spend 15 bucks on that drink and you're not even going to like have them make you a new one. And it was like the fact that she said, I'm too uncomfortable to even say anything was great because it's oh this is a thing she struggles with. And she's saying I not that she wants to identify as a people pleaser, but she just doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. So she'll just drink it down. And then another person at the table, she was saying, she said something awkward that was like a weird interaction. And she was like, oh, this will keep me up at night. <laughs> Re rethink it, replaying this loop in my mind. And so I think when you're close with friends, like close enough to say, these are the things that I recycle in my mind and I think, or that I struggle with or whatever, normalizing that we all have our mm -hmm. things. Like I speak up too much. Like I think I have really rigid boundaries because I've seen how well it serves me to speak my mind that sometimes I'm like, I could have kept that one to myself. <laughs> so that's my thing. And we all have our thing. And I think when you're comfortable enough with your friends, let them know, I think about this probably way too much. And then they can help you. Because like I could speak up for her. I could also tell my friend, you don't have to rewind this one. Like I'm not thinking about it. It wasn't really that awkward. That was funny. We're giving each other permission. Yes. And that's also the importance of working with a coach, right? Your friends see your blind spots and they love you and they're, Helping you in a way that isn't calling you out. You can laugh about you it. You can laugh about yes. it. And I think the more that we talk about it, whether it is with your friends or with a coach, you're not staying in your head. Mm -hmm. That is the worst thing you can do is stay stuck. There's so many little things you can do. You can take a free quiz today and you can say, oh, I am an intuitive queen. Hell yeah. Feel a little confident boost. It feels mm -hmm. good. Yes. And so for everyone listening, I just want you to say, I just want to say that do something today that is going to propel you forward, whether it's having a conversation with a friend or taking the free quiz. Like It's going to make you feel empowered to keep taking action. And that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alyssa, I feel like you've given people permission to know themselves more in a way that not only makes them feel seen, but then keeps it moving and gives them like little tips like, 
a lot of people don't know about their intuition and you're helping them tap into this, which is unlocking the universe. And so we want everybody to know where they can find you, how they can follow you, where to go for the quizzes. Can you let everybody know? For sure. So Instagram, I'm super active there. I'm at Life by Alyssa. And if you go to the link in my bio there, it has all the things. But my website is sensitiveandsoulful.com. So there you'll find the quiz and lots of other free resources, things like that. And my podcast as well, The Sensitive and Soulful Show. Yes, which is great because I feel like you take all these concepts we just talked about and go way more Mm -hmm. in depth, which is amazing. I feel like you walking the walk as the person that you are to be their coach is so great because you're like, I get it. Like, I get it. Like, I don't want to be uncomfortable all the time either, but this is how I get through it. And these are the ways that, you know, like just even the bringing a weighted blanket while you travel. Brilliant. I'm like, uh, can you send me that link, please? <laughs> we wrap up our show with three gold stars. So three takeaways for our listeners, maybe three small steps or just three ideas that you really want to leave people with. So number one, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a highly sensitive person, like I want you to know that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. You were made sensitive for a reason and it's actually such a gift. The second one is accepting yourself will change your life. So anything that you have questions about where you're like, I don't know how to have this interaction. I don't know. Like when you accept yourself, your energy shifts and the way that people interact with you and respond to you changes. I can promise you that. That's huge. And the final thing I'll say is just learning how to regulate your nervous system is life-changing because it will expand your ability to manage all sorts of different situations. Like when you know how to create calm and safety within, you can do so much more and you can feel happier and it's a practice and it takes time, but it's really worth exploring and learning about. Beautiful. And next up is Unleashing Ivy. I had some ideas of what I might ask you, but I feel like I already asked you them. The question I'm curious about that we haven't really talked about is you personally in your friendships or romantic relationships or family, how have you decided who stays in your circle and who is no longer in your circle based off of expressing your needs? Like, how do you find that line of who stays and who goes? Mm, that's a good question. So to me, it's about having mutual respect. So it's, I'm okay with talking. I'm used to and okay with other people not understanding personally my experience of being highly sensitive. My husband is not highly sensitive at all. He's a total dude, but he respects me. <laughs> He likes these things about me. He's learned to be like, if we're watching a sad commercial, he says nothing and he hands me a tissue. It's just like an acceptance about me. To me, respect is huge. And having people, again, just on knowing not everyone's going to understand it, but as long as they respect me, as long as they're open to learning and being receptive, that is huge. The other thing that I always think about because I'm, you know, very tapped into other people's energy, and I think most of us are as HSPs, is like, when I hang out with people, I want to be around people that feel expansive to me, that when I leave our situate or interaction, I feel better and lighter and happier. And I'm just not available to hang out with people that dream me, that feel exhausting, that only talk about their problems and unload on me. That's my responsibility to recognize and to set boundaries or change the friendship. So those are really the things I think about early respect, being open and just like the energetic exchange and how it feels. Yes. I love the somatic expression. Does it feel tight and constricting or does it feel open and expansive? Because that's something that everyone can relate to. What type of what type of people do what to you? <laughs> and also what type of activities, whether it's 
drinking or meditation or reading, fill in the blank, whatever activity, that's how you know if it's serving you at a core level or not. And when you're highly sensitive, you're extra, you tend to be extra sensitive somatically. So like we have was right at our fingertips. I just want to say too, I love that you're changing like the feeling with sensitivity. Like Mm -hmm. that's a bad thing. It's not anymore. I know Brooke and I were talking about, I think she didn't want the word sensitive. And so it was that you're, what's the word? What do you mean? I didn't Fine tuned. Oh, this is what she's talking about. So I was seeing a cranial sacral therapist for my health. And I said, I'm just a really sensitive person. And they said, no, you need to change that story. You're not sensitive. You are a fine-tuned person. I'm like, Hmm. or no, it was fragile. Oh, fragile. That's what it was. That's what it was. Because I'm like, sensitive doesn't feel that bad. But fragile was like, "Eh, I have to be really careful. Where it's, no, I just I might break. I might break. Yeah. Yeah. But being sensitive, I think that's a story I'm changing. Because when I was dating my ex, I had a lot of feels. So he thought. He called me very sensitive. And so I had such a negative connotation with sensitive. And now as you're speaking and the work we're doing, it's just like a relearning. Mm-hmm. It's a what do I want my relationship to be? It's okay to be sensitive. Like, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. And how do I want to use that to my benefit? And one thing I want to use is my intuition. Like you speaking. So I'm an intuitive queen <laughs> and I, I'm obsessed. But now what? What does that mean? So my question would be, How do we tap into our intuition? Because that's not something we've really talked about on this podcast yet. So fun. So I like to, I like to live my life in a playful, fun way as much as I can. So something like an exercise I tell people to do is like start to notice all the times that you see like little synchronicities or little things that are like, let's say like angel numbers, like you look at the clock 1111, like Notice what you were thinking about when you looked at the clock. Mm-hmm. Were you thinking about, oh, this idea you had or, oh, I don't know, just start to notice these things and make a note in your notes app and start to just like record or, oh, I was thinking about my friend and then she just texted me. Starting to recognize the times where you feel like the universe is speaking to you, you're going to get more of it. I really feel like when you're the type of person who marvels in these cool small moments, you're going to start to see more of them. For example, We've been having so many praying mantis, praying mantises at our house, which are like weird. But I was like, anytime I see a random like animal or bug and it feels significant, I will go Google what's the spiritual meaning. So it's just like starting to bring that magic into your life and it will help you start to feel like, oh, more tapped into your intuition and you'll see something. You'll be like, oh, I think it means this. Another thing I like to share with people is to look back if you have any experiences in your life where you had an intuitive thought and you actually trusted it and followed it and saw that it brought you to somewhere cool or a cool opportunity, like recording those things and starting to see, oh, actually, I've had times where I've trusted myself and it worked out beautifully. You're just going to start to flex that muscle and it will become more natural to tap into your intuition. The last piece I'll share is just like using that somatic tool of checking in with yourself. Let's say you have, I don't know, a job opportunity or something like that. Yes, use your logic, but also tap into your body and feel into it. And it adds you imagine yourself in this situation. Do you feel expansive or, or constrictive? Even if it like logically sounded perfect on paper, like maybe you felt constrictive about it and maybe try trusting that and just see what happens. Because I had a client where she did that and it ended up being, she totally dodged a bullet. Like it ended up being a really bad situation. So it's just like playing around with these things and just starting to record ways that it actually has supported you and you can trust yourself 
That is so cool. I am in- intuitive. And Alyssa, you make me feel expansive. When I'm around Alyssa, I feel expansive because I feel like you're just helping people like just tap into their themselves and everybody's so powerful. Like the life you want to live, it's like ready for you if you're willing to just know yourself and trust yourself. And so all that you all the gifts that I feel like you have within you, you're helping other people tap into them, which is so beautiful. And I just love it so much. Oh, and then our last question we always ask people, if you could go back and tell younger Alyssa one thing, what would you tell her? Oh, Uh, I would tell her to not hang out with people who don't see that she's special because I spent too much time with people who were just like not nice to me because I didn't know my own value. So I wish she knew that like you're awesome and you don't need to spend time with anyone who doesn't think you're awesome and you'll find your way and you're going to be so proud of yourself. Yeah, that's self-work. I love everything you said about Alyssa, I agree with. And Mm -hmm. I just want to add the permission to be, like to not be anything that doesn't feel right for you. And that when you give yourself that permission and you start living that way, magic happens. Mm -hmm. You do start seeing these signs. You do start feeling free. And I'm just so grateful that you're doing this work and that these digestive issues Mm -hmm. led you to where you are now. And that you didn't stay stuck and in pain. That is so beautiful. So thank you. Thank you so much. I've had so much fun chatting with you guys. It's been great. So we leave our listeners and close the episode with a piece of gold, a quote that speaks to you. Will you please share yours? Yes. So I was thinking about this and I'm going to do another one, but this is the one I land. You can live in two ways. One is as if nothing is a miracle or one is as if everything is a miracle. This is Gold Ivy signing off. Listen to your truth and go chase your gold. We want to thank you and encourage you to celebrate yourself for taking the time to learn and get inspired in your one beautiful life. And if this podcast means something to you, it would mean so much to us if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to help support our mission to keep bringing you inspiring stories and guests. First, Following the podcast is important because it helps you never miss an episode. To do this, just go to the Ivy Unleashed podcast show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and then just tap the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner or click on follow. While you're there, if you'd be so kind to give us a five-star rating and review and share your favorite episode with a friend, we'd be so grateful for your support. We are thrilled you're here and are so happy that you're taking time to prioritize your wellness, self-discovery, and growth with us.